like that. If you brought your Bibles this morning, turn to Ezekiel chapter 22. Ezekiel chapter 22, and I'll get cooled off here and we'll read some scripture and then we'll go to preaching. It's dry up here, isn't it? A little dry in here, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Ezekiel chapter 22. And I'm going to begin reading in verse 23. Now, to bring you into context, the nation of Israel is into apostasy. And apostasy starts by just little compromises here and there. And the dangers of compromise uh, is, uh, <laughs> it keeps happening. And so you must draw lines and have principles that you guide yourself with. But the nation of Israel... They've been in apostasy. And so the Lord has a message through the mouth of Ezekiel to uh, tell the nation of Israel here. And look at the state of this nation as we begin to read here in verse 23. And I couldn't help but think about America as I was reading this. Matter of fact, I thought maybe he was talking about America. He's not. Doctrinally, he's talking to the nation of Israel. But the Lord did say that he put these things in here to teach us what not to do. And so he says, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, say unto her, Thou art the land that is not cleansed, nor reigned upon in the day of indignation. There is a conspiracy of her prophets in the midst thereof, like a roaring lion ravening the prey. They have devoured souls, they have taken the treasure and the precious things, they have made her way many widows in the midst thereof. Her priests have violated my law and have profaned my holy things. They have put no difference between the holy and the profane. And I got to stop there and make a comment, you know me. But one of the purposes of the church is that the world and baby Christians can look at what's being modeled and they should be able to tell the difference between holy and the profane. And that's a problem today because now one must ask between the world and the church, who's influencing who now? The Bible says that the church is the ground and pillar of the truth. We're supposed to be holding the light up. And I believe that we have a bunch of priests and preachers that to maintain big crowds have begun to compromise. And now you can't tell the difference between holy and the profane. It says, neither have they showed difference between the unclean and the clean. And have hid their eyes from my Sabbaths and I am profaned among them. Her princes in the midst thereof are like wolves, ravening the prey to shed blood and to destroy souls to get dishonest gain. And her prophets have daubed them with untempered mortar, seeing vanity and divining lies unto them, saying, Thus saith the Lord God, when the Lord hath not spoken. The people of the land have used oppression, and exercised robbery, and have vexed the poor and needy, they have oppressed the stranger wrongfully. Now, here's my text. And I, 
that's the Lord, sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Let us pray. Our gracious Father, we come, we thank you now. Lord, I'm asking you to be with me this morning and let me step aside. Forgive me, cleanse me of any unclean thing. And Lord, let the Holy Spirit speak through me. Let the Word of God be the discerner and let the Word edify the believer. Help us to be the men because it's Father's Day. That'll stand in the gap for our families. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. By way of introduction, when I begin to read this this week, I, I've known now for a number of weeks I would be preaching out of this text. And so uh, I'll read it a little bit every day and meditate on it. And one of the things that popped out to me, and it's probably because of the background, is cock joints. Now, I don't know about you, and maybe ladies, you won't be able to relate, but cock joints on your house are important. Having worked in the building trade, uh, more, uh, more into the stucco claddings, where stucco meets windows or different substrates. If you don't want to develop a crack or you want to keep the moisture out, you're going to need to allow a gap. And that gap is to allow different substrates to expand and contract at different rates because a window, whether it's vinyl, aluminum, wood, is going to expand and contract during its heating and cooling cycles differently than whether a brick, vinyl siding, aluminum siding, or stucco. And if you do not allow for that gap, you can develop a crack. Now, one of the problems with the earlier barrier systems, and we're talking about EFs now, stucco, foam synthetic stucco systems, the barrier system was meant to be sealed. So it could not have no open places on the house at all. And so what happened, because it was sold to clients, your clients, as a house cladding as maintenance-free. When you hear maintenance-free, that means you ain't walking around the house every year looking for things that need to be done. And so when you got a house that had synthetic stucco, a barrier system, and it got about seven to eight, nine years old, the caulk joints are those gaps because we caulk them with a polyurethane or a silicone. I use silicone caulks now. And they make up the hedge. They make up and stand in the gap. And what it does is it keeps out the elements. You don't want water between the cladding and the substrate of your home. Because what's going to happen is water is going to begin to wick up into your sheeting on the home and begin to mold and to mildew and to rot. Now that happens on brick homes, stucco homes, sided homes, caulk joints are important. And I begin to think about that as, he, as this text says that he was looking for a man 
to stand in the gap. And I was thinking, a cock joint. There's a barrier. And in the Bible, I begin to think that, you know, Moses was a cock joint for the Lord. He stood in the gap for the nation of Israel. Remember, there was times when God wanted to destroy the nation of Israel. And Moses would intercede and say, Oh, no, no, Lord, don't do that. Because the Egyptians, they'd say, See, that crazy old preacher drugged them out there in the wilderness and killed them all. And so the Lord, he said, Okay, not this time, but I'm killing some of them. And then other times, Moses would lose his cool and go to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm, I'm done with this. And the Lord said, No, nah, you know, hey. And I'm, I find this amusing when I read through those accounts now, and I'm beginning to pick things up like that, that when they did something wrong, the Lord would say, Moses, your people that you've brought up out of the land of Egypt. And I'm like, ain't that like moms and dads? I mean, when, when one of the kids, when one of your kids did something wrong, you'd say, uh, honey, your son. <laughs> she ain't claiming him in the moment, you know. Uh, or if it was one of the girls. Uh, honey, your daughter, do you know what she did? And so one of the two parents had to stand in the gap. And so we see this in the Bible, the example made. Moses was such a man. Joshua was a man. Uh, will it end the message with the Lord? Jesus Christ was God's man who stood in the gap for mankind. But God here in this nation... This nation that had fallen into apostasy. God said, hey, I'm looking for a man. Abraham, remember? God told Abraham, I'm going down the lot, going down to Sodom. And Abraham stood in the gap for a lot because the Lord told him, he said, I'm going to destroy that place. It's wicked. It's an abomination to me. And Abraham said, surely he's counting a uh, lot, wife, uh, sons, daughters. Surely they've got a couple converts. He said, Lord, he got the Lord all the way down to ten souls. He says, would you destroy Sodom if you can find ten righteous souls? Lord says, no, I'll spare it. You know how many righteous souls the Lord found down there? One. The Lord said that Lot was the only one that was righteous down there. But Abraham was trying to stand in the gap. Got me to thinking about fathers. Fathers, we have a very unique job position. And God says, if we can study the types and understand the types, that as a husband, we're to stand in the gap for our families. And God is looking for a man. And that's when I begin to think about America in light of what's going on today. Uh, the Lord says here, He says, look, I'm looking for a man. They're in short supply. He's not looking for a president. He's not looking for a hero. He's not looking for Mr. Talent. Just a man. The Lord said, I'm looking for a man among them that should make up the hedge. I begin to think about this in light of what's going on in our country and 
how men wanting to become women, and I think it's getting harder for God to find men. I got to thinking about this. Boys, they play house, but men build homes. Boys, they shack up, but men get married. Boys make babies, but men raise children. A boy won't raise his own children, but a man will raise his children and someone else's. Boys invent excuses for failures, but men produce strategies for success. Boys, they look for someone to take care of them, but men look for someone to take care of. Boys, they seek popularity, but men earn respect by knowing how to give it. Boys quit and walk away when things get hard, but men will promise to love you through it all. And I'm telling you, God is looking for a man. And I want our fathers in this church to be such a man that God is looking for that will stand in the gap for their families. Fathers need to be men that will stand in this gap. They'll be the caulk joint. They're going to uh, bond in between uh, uh, the, the things of this world. They're that barrier. They're that protection zone. And God said you're going to be a hedge of protection. I remember my father telling me years ago, he says, in a godly home, a Christian home, the father, there is an umbrella of protection in that home. And as your children, they, they grow up, they're under that umbrella of protection. And that is there until they leave home and start their own homes. And then if they're a man, they must then stand in the gap for their families. And then they got to be the barrier. They got to keep out uh, the elements of this world. They got to make sure that not too much moisture gets in and begins to rot the thing from inside because there is an adversary, our devil, and, and the devil, and he walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And so the devil's always on a lookout to cause some trouble. And the father should be on the lookout. He should be able to see what's going on in the horizon and should be able to see. He's like, hey, I don't think it's going to end well. I don't want my family going down that trail. And his fathers, sometimes when you're out in public, and I always pray about this when our families go on vacation, because people look to pray on people. And one of the father's job is to be able to read the situation and be able to read and profile people. I know we're not supposed to do that. But as a father who's going to stand in the gap, you don't want to lead your family into a situation where somebody's going to get hurt. And God's looking for a man. And we need men that'll stand up and say, I'm going to be that man for my family. I'm going to make up the gap. I'm going to make up this hedge, and I'm going to be that caulk joint for God. You say, well, why would God need this? Well, in this chapter, he says in verse 25, there was disgraceful prophets. And he says they were devouring the people, and they were taking the treasures. 
I, I don't know about you, but my mind thinks about that verse over there in Peter where he says that false prophets in the last days would make merchandise of the people. And I don't like making people uh, a dollar sign or a number. I want to be closely connected. It should be family and a family-like atmosphere. And so there was disgraceful prophets in this day. Now they should have been the leaders. They should have been standing in the gap, but they weren't. But then I see devious priests in verse 26. And that's when I begin to think about the preachers of today. Uh, uh, the preachers, like the priest class, uh, they were the intermediaries. They were to go to God for the people and help them get closer to God. Uh, and he says, well, the priest, they violated God's law and profaned his holy things. You know, to be popular, you know. And they have put no difference between holy and profane. And they put no difference between the clean and the unclean. God likes clean in His house. He likes it holy in His house. And it's the pastor's job or the priest's job in this day that was to teach the people that. And they had failed to do so. They should have been standing in the gap. And then you had the leaders of the land. He says princes in verse 26. He says the princes, verse 27, in the midst thereof, that's your leaders. Now I'm really beginning to think about America. I don't understand how a person running for Congress before they go in, they're making 30,000, 40,000 a year. And after they've been in Congress three or four years or five years, they're millionaires on a $200,000 a year budget. I don't understand that. I don't understand how they stay some time in office and they come out, they're millionaires. They went in broke. All of a sudden, they're millionaires. And I'm really beginning to think about that on our leaders. Wow, they're shedding blood. They're allowing crime just to go. They don't believe in right and wrong. So you had destructive princes. So in our day, now this is the expository where you pull the old and show that, but now we've got to make connection to what is relevant for today. Well, there's disgraceful prophets and devious priests who are working hand in hand with liberal leaders to steal our children's innocence. Who put no difference between holy and profane. Who think it's to be okay for drag queens to read stories to innocent children. There's a problem with that. And I believe preachers need to stand up and cry out against that a little bit not in a condescending way they need jesus they need salvation but there's people that claim christianity that think oh that's okay it's not okay god puts a difference between holy and profane between clean and unclean they think it to be okay to confuse our children about their identity and then hide it from the parents that's wrong. It's not right. I don't send my children to school to learn about their identity. I 
send them when I had them. Now, I homeschooled my children, and I believe in it. And I believe in Christian education, though it's not cheap. But they're supposed to go to school to learn math and science and English and social studies. They're not about that no more. Now, yeah, it's in the message, and you say, what's that got to do with fathers? Fathers, you're going to have to stand in the gap. You're going to have to begin to look out for that and say, you know what, I don't know if that's best for my child. Maybe they don't need to go there. Or maybe they don't need to do this. And uh, I seen this week that uh, Pastor Paul Chapel, uh, I believe he, he wrote a paper on what's going on with the L.A. Dodgers and what they have done this week. Now, I don't know about you, but I walked away from professional sports 25, 30 years ago. I don't watch it. I don't go. I don't watch the football teams. I don't watch professional football. I don't watch the Super Bowl. He said, oh, preacher, why not? Because I can't get past the halftime show and get in this pulpit with a clear conscience try to speak to you about something God give me. Now, you all do what you want and you do it. But now, all of a sudden, the preachers are wanting to rise up and say, we need to boycott that. I've been boycotting it for the last 30 years. I could see it then. And what I'm saying, men, is you've got to be able to have that kind of discernment to look out into the future and say, I want to steer my family a little bit over this way. I don't want them to get down into that ditch. And I don't want them over here into this ditch. And I want them to enjoy life. And I want what's best for them. But I'm here to protect them, to stand in the gap so the man the father is to stand in the gap for his family and I got news for you if you're relying on the government men to stand in the gap for your family it's not going to happen mommy shouldn't have to stand in the gap for it's not her place mommy's job is very important we can't do it without mommy's we need to have, we got to have mommies. We have good mothers in this church. And if you're at mother status with me, ladies, I put you, I listen to you like I'd listen to my own mom. And there's a few ladies in here that are like that. Others of you, you're at sister level. Like, yeah, okay, you're just a sister. But the men, I do the same way. The older men, you're like my older brothers that I've never had. The younger men, <laughs> You're like my younger brothers. Don't be late for lunch. <laughs> I ain't waiting. <laughs> we need to be willing to stand in the gap for our families. You know, God's looking for you. A father to stand in the gap. You say, what should I do? You need to stand in the gap to protect your family. You know, I've told some of the families in here when we have uh, the children, and sometimes we watch the children, when you put them in my care, and we're at the house, there ain't nobody coming to get them. I'm going to stand in the gap for them, even if it costs me my life. And that's the way we need as fathers to be about our families, and I know that we are. I've heard some of you men say if someone comes into this church to try to do harm to our children, uh, they're trying to race to see who's going to snatch the life out of them first. You say, what is that? I don't think that's nice. No, that's someone willing to stand in the gap 
for the families. Fathers, you need to be able to protect your family too. You need to be able to provide. Be that cock joint. You're joining. You got to provide. And, and you got to uh, be at adhered to the world because you got to work in the world and you got to make your living there but then you're going to try to be adhered to the family and you're that cock joint that's going to expand and contract and there's going to be just enough separation there so the world's not in the family but you're in the world making your living and being a witness for Christ so you're going to provide you're going to protect but then as a father, standing in the gap means to teach your family what should be priority. And you should be prioritizing God. God should come first in your home if you're a Christian family. Church should be important. And then country. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't give you two nickels for somebody living on the government system wanting to trash our flag. As wicked as this nation is, I still don't want to see somebody burning our flag, trashing our flag while they're living on the system. This country's been good to a lot of people. And we need to teach that loyalty. I told you I wouldn't be long. Wasn't trying to be wrong, but just give you a thought to think of, fathers, to stand in the gap in closing. To be God's man, you'll have to stand in the gap for your family, and that's going to take sacrifice. I believe some of the young fathers, they're learning about this. Maybe before children come, you, you're, you're used to just going and doing things that you like. And, 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 and there's really been nothing to hold you back, you know. And then all of a sudden the baby comes and children come. And all of a sudden you find out that what you wanted to do, you're not going to really be able to do. And you're going to have to make a sacrifice of your time, your treasure and talent. I begin to think about my father who, there were seven of us kids and, uh, my father made a lot of sacrifices, and my mother too, to make sure that his children had what they needed. And, you know, my father, just like any father, you know, he had hobbies, he had things that he liked, and he wasn't able to enjoy them while we were growing up. He made that sacrifice. To be a father that's going to stand in the gap, you're going to have to get used to making sacrifices. Now my father, because the kids are all gone, he's able to maybe, well, he does. He, he gets involved with some hobbies. He loves to work with wood, and he loves to, to he's into mechanics and fabrication, and so he spends a little time there. And I bought him a nice little gift for his uh, table saw, and it's something that kind of helps you hold those little pieces so your fingers aren't too close to that blade. It's something I knew he wouldn't buy for himself, but it was a show of appreciation for all the sacrifice that him and mom did for us kids. Fathers, standing the gap is going to take some sacrifice for your family. Prioritize your family. And Jesus, our great example, say, "What should I follow you? No, follow Jesus. 
Jesus, there in Ephesians 5, 25, I'll give you a verse. He says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Sacrifice. You know, Jesus was God's man who stood in the gap for us. Men and fathers, we need to stand in the gap for our families. God's looking for a man. Stand in the gap. Will you be that man that will stand in the gap for your family? Let's all stand, please.